Welcome to another Workforce Chat from the Leading Age Center for Workforce Solutions. This is Gene Mitchell, editor of Leading Age Magazine. Each of these short podcasts features a speaker whose program may help you address some of your workforce challenges. Today we're speaking to Peggy Farrington, who is CEO and Administrator at St. Joseph's Rehabilitation and Residence in Portland, Maine. St. Joseph's has an intergenerational living program we would like to discuss today. Hello, Peggy, and thanks for talking with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. Can you explain where the idea for your program originated and what problems it was designed to solve? Sure. Um, basically, the, the, the idea from the program developed from uh, the program in the Netherlands. Um, Humanitas is the name of the program there. I had read about it several years ago and was pretty fascinated with it. It seemed like a, a brilliant idea. And so we made some modifications to that. It's not exactly the same, but it's based on the same principles of college students living in a nursing home and you know both learning from each other. Um, so the, the problem that we were trying to solve is our dependency on agency staffing. Um, we were utilizing four different agencies to staff our building and and as we all know you know it, it doesn't create the best consistency consistent assignment and many caregivers are in and out and it's just not ideal and it also is is costly um, so you know in this market area we were having problems hiring our own cnas and and uh, nurses um, and found ourselves sort of doing the same thing over and over. We were, we were trying to be creative in advertising, sign-on bonuses, and various different things that all the other communities were trying at some point in time or another. So we felt like, you know, over and over again. And we decided that uh, we needed to kind of grow our own CNAs uh, because that was the, the workforce that we were having the most trouble recruiting and spending a lot of money with, with different agencies. So in order to grow our own, we decided to embark on the Intergenerational Living Program, which we invited college students to live here at the facility um, in their own room, rent-free, uh, in return for working as either a CNA or a neighborhood assistant um, if they were not certified as a CNA yet. So um, that's that's how we got started, and we started this past January. Okay. Can you can you describe the duties of a neighborhood assistant for those uh, listeners who, who aren't familiar with the term? Sure. Um, well, the it's kind of a, a, a new term for, um, I think, what used to be called a unit helper. Um, so a neighborhood assistant it are um, our college students that are not certified as a CNA that can do things like make beds or um, answer a call light when and nine times out of ten somebody needs uh, something that is is not um, necessary for a certified person to do like can you pass me my remote or um, can you tell me x y or z um, so they can really do a lot of different things they can um, answer call bells sit with residents they can um, pick up meal trays, things like that. And, and oftentimes we, we find them, you know, being, being the ones that are really able to sit there and, and talk to 
the residents, whereas sometimes, as we know, a lot of our staff are are really busy and have to get to the next um, the next person or the next call light or something like that. So um, our neighborhood assistance, uh, we do we are providing uh, a CNA class to them. So our plan is to have an you know, more CNAs than neighborhood assistants, and, and, but we'll always have a handful of neighborhood assistants if we continue to get people interested in the program because we'll be, we won't have a CNA class all year long. So if someone comes into the program, for example, in July, and the next CNA class is not until October, we would have that span of time as that person working as a neighborhood assistant. Okay. Let's talk about the students for a minute. Um, how do you recruit them? And I wonder if you could talk about the characteristics of them. For instance, what, uh, what courses of study that do they typically engage in in, in college, et cetera? Sure. Um, so to, when we started this this past January, January, we did not market this per se. We had um, something that we typed up, and uh, it was very sort of organic and we went to one college and talked to two different classes of uh, people in uh, healthcare-related professions. Um, and this was a small college. Um, there, there are various colleges or universities around. And we, we needed to start slow, so we, there are reasons we didn't market it. And additionally, we wanted people to be interested in it who were really interested in it. And it just didn't have a, a fancy brochure or something like that. Um, so we talked to two classes, and this was November-ish, and we had three students move in in January. From there, we really didn't do any marketing uh, or, or publicity whatsoever. Um, it was word of mouth from student to student. <clears throat> um, and we're now up to... Uh, about 11 students, and we have seven moving in by the end of the summer. That's great. What what courses of study are these students typically following in college? All of the students we have right now are in a health-related uh, uh, career path or major, and they range from the majority that we have are in a nursing program. Uh, we have somebody in a nurse practitioner program, uh, we have a couple um, physician assistant uh, studies students and a respiratory therapy student. Um, and so we seem to be attracting the nursing students, which is which is great because uh, um, they may, you know, get CNA training here and, um, you know, come to work for us as a RN when they finish school. So it's, it's really a win-win. And... Um, we, it's open to any major, but those are the ones that we have had interest from. Okay. What kind of feedback have you gotten from the students? How do, how do they feel they have benefited from this? The feedback has been really great. Uh, you know, because this is so new, we've, we have asked for very honest feedback from the students, and <clears throat> they have said that, you know, that it, they love the program, they, they like being able to get to work in 60 seconds or less. Uh, they like being able to uh, work shorter shifts, per se, because of their school schedules um, and, you know, the ability to, for example, eat here at the nursing home um, is, 
is beneficial for them. They they like having you know their own rooms. Right now, we're able to provide private rooms to the residents. I mean, to the students, but um, that may not always be the case as we grow in our numbers of of the students. But their feedback has been really phenomenal in terms of, uh, for example, uh, one young lady in the program, one of the first students, you know, became close with one of our long-term care residents and they watched football together, um, you know, and they just, you know, kind of hit it off. And this long-term care resident um, said to this young woman that, you know, I, I'm so happy that you live here, just knowing that you live here makes me feel less lonely and and really for me that was not that I didn't think the program was worthwhile I certainly did but that kind of nailed it for me or hit it home in terms of um, this is a this is a good thing this is a good thing for everyone if I don't do any more good than that then I've done my job so those relationships are the things that, that make the program for the students really, really special. Great. Are there any uh, other benefits that the that your full-time staff have gained out of this? Our, our full-time staff have, have gained uh, the, the um, a, a little more um, sort of safety or, or knowing that these students are living here. And, for example, if there's a call out, um, you know, we have permission to, to knock on the students' doors and say, you know, hey, can you work for four hours? Um, and, and really have a good relationship with them that way um, that, you know, we're able to depend on them. And it, it has just worked. Our, our staff, the feedback from our staff have been great. You know, they certainly see the, the reasoning behind it. You know, they, the staff are the ones that you know, get the brunt of, you know, having to to train agency staff over and over and, and having them leave and new people come back the next day, you know, and they, they pick up that slack. So, you know, they certainly uh, can see and, and respect that. So they've, they've welcomed the students, really. Great. Have there been any difficult challenges uh, that have arisen in, in running this program? The, I think that's a great question, and I've been asked that before. I don't have any specific um, real challenges to this. I think our biggest challenge, if I had to pick one, would be getting the rooms prepared. We we have the benefit of having you know extra space here, and all facilities don't. But um, is getting the rooms prepared. We we have a a unit that used to be an assisted living unit that closed a few years ago. So we ha basically have a, an empty unit and it hadn't been in use in a while. So, so just turning those rooms over, getting them ready, um, finding somewhere else to, to store the things that were stored in there. And so I'm trying to think of some of the other sort of problems that we've had that I wouldn't even chalk up to problems, but just, you know, if I were going to tell anyone, Kind of what to think ahead about. I had students ask if they could, you know, have pets move in with them, and we don't let residents have pets at this point. Where you know, we're we're not there yet. So we didn't. We said no to that for now. We do have therapy dogs that come in, so we're not we're not opposed to pets. But 
we, we needed to get this program off the ground before we you know, started looking at that. And the other thing I think that I would give advice to anyone is to really focus on the safety aspects of living in a nursing home, you know, fire drills. Um, we've, we orient them just like we orient an employee, but because they live here, there are more chances for, you know, not following rules. Um, we, we had an issue with, we, we don't allow um, cooking materials uh, aside from a microwave uh, in their rooms. For, for obvious safety and fire reasons. And um, somebody thought that, what what's a toaster gonna do? And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, there was smoke and the fire department was here. And, you know, while I can kind of sit back and, and say that now, I think in hindsight, I would have um, hit that home a little stronger with the students. Like, you can't do this and this is why. Um, and although I think we did that, I think, I mean, this is this is learning, you know, curve for us. So, I would I would share that with anyone who was thinking about it to to really stress the the safety part. Okay, has anything surprised you about the program? The the comment from the long term care resident um, surprised me when he said, you know, that I'm so glad that you live here. It makes me feel less lonely. And surprise, it surprised me that it would be that quick, I guess. I, I was looking at longer-term uh, um, benefits of this. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm a person that tries to think of every possible outcome so I can plan for the worst, hope for the best. And some things you just have to let go of and let it take its course. And that's kind of what we did with this uh, in some respects. And so uh, I think my surprise what it, is that something that profound happened that quickly. But when I stop and think about it, I, I really shouldn't be surprised because that's what we want to happen. Um, so I'm really happy about you know those sorts of outcomes and those sorts of relationships that, that occur. Okay. And a final question would be uh, for those of your colleagues in leading age who are interested in replicating your program, what would you tell them about how to get started? I would tell them not to be afraid of um, doing this because the, the, the problems are minimal. Other, some colleagues that I have talked to uh, have been afraid they can't do it because of space. My advice is, even if you do it with two students together in, in one room, you don't have to take beds off of line or rooms offline. Start very small because the impact can be really, really, you know, profound. And like in the example that I used, that happened in the first month that uh, students were here, and that was when three students were here. So it's not in the number, but it's in the quality. And so I would, my, I think most important advice is to not be afraid to try it on a small scale. That's how we started. And although we do have space and some facilities don't find space, um, it doesn't have to be the Ritz. I mean, these rooms are not um, fancy um, at all, 
it's it's about living here and having students um, you know realize the opportunity and and um, not pay rent so we attract students but I would say that the students that we've attracted are not in it for just free rent uh, they really get that this is an important program and and that they can really learn from it so my I, I guess that's a long-winded answer for my for my answer to your question of start small great Peggy thanks for speaking with leading age today thank you very much I'm happy to Thank you for listening to another Workforce Chat. Please find our latest content at leadingage.org.